Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our Vita podcast, where we're going to help educate military veterans and their spouses on opportunities in Web3. Our plan is to host a series of industry leaders, many of whom are veterans or spouses themselves, so we can learn about their journey down the crypto rabbit hole while understanding opportunities for transitioning veterans into space. My name is Chris Perkins. I'm a combat Marine veteran who spent 15 years on Wall Street before transitioning into crypto myself. And before we begin, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Luca, who have dedicated their time and resources to make this podcast possible. Today for episode nine, we'll be speaking with Josh Emerson, veteran and CEO and co-founder of Sans Bank. Welcome, Josh. Hey, thanks, Chris. It's good to be here. Hey, Josh, uh, as we begin, we'd love to know about your background and, and your experience uh, in the military. Yeah, sure thing. So I uh, am a Naval Academy grad, um, decided to go the Marine Corps option, met a lot of really great Marine Corps officers at the academy. That's what swayed me um, out of the Navy. And then uh, I was a infantry officer for five years. So I did two, tour, two non-combat deployments in 1-8, a lot of fun, um, really enjoyed my time in Spain, and then especially in Okinawa, a lot of scuba diving, uh, and then spent 13 months in Jordan working out of the embassy, which was also just amazing. Got to spend a lot of time with uh, the locals and, and their military and government, and it was really, really fun. Oh, that's awesome. I know I know someone who went to the Naval Academy, became a oh, Marine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, when you think about your, your service, were there any specific moments or, um, you know, experiences that you had that shaped, you know, like the way you look at life and, and shaped your, your vision going forward? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I would say one of the most pivotal uh, experiences was probably at the academy where there's the Stockdale Center for Leadership um, and just learning about James Stockdale uh, and his, his experiences in Vietnam and then reading his uh Stockdale and Stoicism papers, um, I think really shaped my outlook and how I <clears throat> just kind of like how I faced life in general, right? Um, that whole principle of you can control what you can control and what you can't, you shouldn't um, really go crazy about. Uh, and I think, you know, whenever things get rough, I'm all, you know, it's always not, it's not Hanoi, right? That's always kind of what it goes back to. And if, if Stockdale could maintain his, his poise and his leadership, uh, in Hanoi, then then I can overcome whatever I'm I'm facing. Yeah, for those of you who haven't uh, read the book or know the story, James Stockdale uh, was a legend. Uh, he was a naval aviator that shot down POW, and just his acts of heroism. I, I think he got the Medal of Honor for his for his heroism, uh, right, Josh? He did. Yeah. Uh, but absolute legend. If you ever get a chance, read about what he did uh, in Vietnam. Okay, so uh, you did two pumps. Uh, you served for for how long? Five years. Five years. Yep. Yeah. And then you decided to transition and what went through your mind and, and can you walk us through your transition? Yeah, the transition was, it was kind of wild. So, um, I wanted to, to teach, I wanted to be in education and the goal was eventually I thought, you know, I'd, I'd go on to education policy, but I wanted to spend a couple of years in the classroom. Right. So before I was a, essentially, right. Like before I get to the regimental command level, I wanted to be a platoon commander. All right. But in education, that's kind of how I was thinking about it. Uh, so I found a program where I would teach in uh, in Florida, in Miami, which is, I am from Florida. And uh, as I was getting close to getting out, I realized that this was probably the only time in my life I'd be able to fulfill a lifelong dream of going to China and learning Kung Fu from a Kung Fu master. I watched way too many Jackie Chan movies. Um, so I called up the the teaching program and I was like, hey, 
I'm going to delay this for a year, right? It's good for me. It's probably good for the kids that I, I relax a little bit. Um, so, so that's what I did. I spent six months learning Mandarin Kung Fu. Uh, I came back to the States. That's when the, the pandemic started. I was going to keep traveling, um, but I, I stopped. <laughs> uh, I started a business selling um, franchises. I was like a franchise consultant uh, because I was stuck at home and I couldn't travel anymore. Um, I taught for like a semester, but that franchise business was doing so well. Uh, I decided I'd rather just do that full time. Um, yes, that, I mean, that was basically the transition. I'm not going to get too far ahead of, ahead of ourselves here, but it was the thinking I want to teach, taking that six months in China, and then just kind of luckily finding myself in as a business owner. As a Kung Fu master. A, <laughs> awesome. Now, the franchise job that you did, um, I think a lot of veterans, they have specific veteran programs around franchisees. Did you do it through the VA and, and any special program there? I didn't. So what I was, I was looking for something that was like a, a business opportunity, business in a box, uh, or a franchise that I could do, but it was more mobile because I knew I was going to move to to Miami for teaching at the time I was living um, somewhere else. And so I wanted to have that flexibility, right? So I worked with a, a franchise consultant and we went through a couple options and nothing really seemed to fit. And then he was just like, oh, well, you know, you could just do this because this is um, very minimal to travel, minimal to you set your own schedule kind of thing. But yeah, it is great for for veterans, and I would recommend any veteran to to look at franchising. Awesome. And and so then, how did you uh, get into crypto? Yeah, during that process, um, I was able to basically i I used a no code CRM slash marketing platform to like automate most of of my work. Um, that gave me a bunch of extra time, and that was in probably mid to late two thousand. So that's when everything was really the last, you know, mill the bull market in, in crypto. Um, so I got super into it, right? I was watching all this thing, these things happen. I had uh, a roommate back at the academy who who was into Bitcoin. And I was like, okay, I got to figure it out. I have time now. I got to figure it out. Um, started taking courses online, watching videos, reading articles. Um, and it just became super, uh, super interesting to me. Um and I was also at that time getting into real estate as well, because I was just trying to figure out ways to, to grow my wealth, right? And I saw crypto. I know real estate's a, historically a good way to do it. Um, so that's how I was kind of spending all my extra time. Got it. So, so you go down the rabbit hole, you're running the franchise business, but you'd automated your way into some free time uh, and you just use that to study. Uh, as, as you stated earlier, you're, you're controlling what you could control. Um, so, so tell us about the launch of, of Sans Bank. How did that come about? Um, was there an epiphany that you had? And, and tell us about your journey as yeah, a founder. Yeah, so the, the, kind of the, the epiphany. Um, like I said, I was getting into to real estate at the same time. Um, and I didn't want to get to a point where real estate was dominating. I liked what I was doing with franchising. Um, and so I was looking at these things called syndications. So for people who don't know, that's where uh, people will, will come together and they'll pool their capital and then they'll have somebody else who leads the the investment. Um, and they're the ones who take all of that money and, and invest in, a, in real estate. and just kind of sends you checks in the mail. Um, but to do that, for most, almost all the ones I was looking at, I had to be accredited, which I wasn't, right? So over 200 to 300K per year or a million dollar net worth. Um, and so that really bothered me that these really reliable investments were out of reach. But I had friends like losing all their money in options trading on Robinhood, right? So it was just like crazy. Um, but I saw that blockchain is like the perfect, uh, the perfect way 
to manage fractionalized real estate, right? Which is essentially what a syndication is. Um, so I had this idea. I didn't really know what to do with it uh, until I met my co-founders. Really kind of luckily, um, we met through somebody else. Um, just totally, totally luck. And <clears throat> I learned more about their background. They've started tech companies before and I kind of pitched them this idea and they loved it. Um, so what Sons Bank is, right, is, is solving that problem for people who can't get into real estate. And we do it by, we originate our own loans. We pool those loans together. And then we fractionalize down $100 shares for people to invest in those pools of loans, right? So it's kind of like a syndication, but for, for loans. So that way people with just 100 bucks can get, can act as a lender and get yield every single month. Um, so that was the, that was the epiphany and that's how it led to, to what Sons Bank is. Great. Maybe you can unpack that a little bit further. And so, you know, the business model, um, you know, you're looking at fractionalizing real estate and people can invest and achieve a yield. Um, for just for the listeners, can you just maybe unpack that business model a little bit further and where are you in, in the development and, and the implementation? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Model? So there's, they can think of it as, as, um, on two sides, right? So if you are a property owner. And you came to Sons Bank, you. So what we do is we look for for multifamily property owners who currently have a net cash flow, right? So they already own the building, um, and it's going to go to to all types of asset classes in the future. But right now we're looking at just multifamily uh, property owners with net cash flow, and then we pull in economic data. We say, okay, right now you're making ten thousand dollars a month. We think in ten years you're totally over the whole ten years you're going to make a million dollars, let's say, right? And we'll give you a loan based off of your future net cash flow, right? Which is much different than most people do it off equity. Um, they look at your credit score and they look at um, your income that has nothing to do with the property. They look at all this other stuff that really has nothing to do with the property, right? And it's, you're getting a loan against the property. Um, so we thought that was kind of uh, crazy, right? And that's also like kind of a, uh, we learned from, from Ave. And all these other lenders where they just look at the collateral and they don't look at anything else, right? On the crypto side. And we're like, well, like we should do that for, for real estate. Um, anyway, so, so we take those, those loans, right? They're very reliable. They're, uh, they're for cash flowing properties already. And we pool them together, right? So instead of having people invest in one loan, they're invested in these giant pools of loans. So that way they're diversified amongst the loans, right? And we take those pools and we just cut them up into $100 shares. So if you were a regular person who wanted to invest in something backed by real estate, at $100 per share, you could come in and invest. Um, and then what you're doing is you're lending that money to those, to those property owners. So they're going to be paying you back principal and interest every single month. So you're getting passive income on a monthly basis. Awesome. And like, what kind of yields do people generate? Yeah, we're looking at, at lending at 8 to 12%. Um, so that's IRR, right? If they, uh, as long as they they compound their their yields, that's kind of what they'll get annually, because um, they're they're lenders, right? So it's it's principal and interest back every single month. So let's talk about your decision to become a founder, right? You, you know, you decided not to go work for the man uh, or the woman, uh, but instead you you went for it and you became a founder. Um, what's it like being a founder? What's your day to day? Do you regret it? Are you, are you thrilled about it? Um, because look, a lot of veterans that are listening are thinking about their transition. And I know a lot of them are saying, gosh, you know, do I go work for a company or do I become a founder? Uh, tell us about your route, what it's like, and uh, do you recommend it? It's very different than what I thought, right? Uh, I think that's kind of important 
for people to know actually what they're going to be doing, right? And it's basically just a bunch of work. <laughs> it's all the little details that you don't think about, right? That makes things happen. Um, and like we knew in, in the military, right? Something sounds easy. Hey, go load up that plane. Something as simple as that. Well, we have to know exactly what's going in there. We have to know all the serial numbers. We have to make sure it's going in the right order, right? So there's a bunch of stuff to, to everything. Um, so, so it's just a lot, a lot of work, but you are deciding what the work is. So like day to day right now I'm, I'm raising capital, right? So I'm deciding what events do I go to? Who am I reaching out to on LinkedIn? Um, what calls am I taking or not taking? What, uh, people my what programs am I applying to or not applying to? Um, and then syncing up with my co-founders to make sure that they're right. So we have the people who are actually building things. So I'm learning day to day. Hey, how's the build going? You know, what's the expectation? What are the timelines? Um, things like that. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's organizational skills, uh, and just work at the end of the day. Um, so would I recommend it? Yeah. I'd recommend it to people who, again, who know what they're getting into. Right. So this is, uh, you don't know if you're getting paid, right. You don't know if it's going to work. Um, and you're working probably harder than if you had a job, right. I hear buddies get out and they're working maybe 40, 50 hours, uh, making a, a nice salary. And then in the afternoons, they do whatever they want, right? Go hang out with their family or they play sports or they, whatever. Um, so if that's more what you want, that's more aligned, you know, no, no harm, no foul. Like that's what you should go do. Um, but if you have some, some vision and you have something that you really want to bring into this world and you're willing to, to work for it, um, and you're willing to take the risk that maybe it won't work, right? Then, then, that is for you, right? I don't have a family, so it's it's easier for me to take that risk. Um, I really want people to have access to this, right? I grew up in places without a lot of financial literacy. Um, so my goal is to be able to go back home and tell my friends, hey, download Sans Bank, right? This is good for you. Um, and I think that's super powerful. And that's something I really want to do. Um, that's kind of what drives me through, through the day-to-day. -day. It sounds like your experience in the Marine Corps uh, really prepared you for this journey. Um, would you agree? I think to an extent, I think to the, the soft skills of um, understanding that th it's not sexy, right? Like people see Marines in the, in the TV shows and they're like, oh man, that's cool. And that's, we both know that's not what day-to-day -day looks like, right? It's a lot of attention to detail. It's a lot of the little things. Uh, I think in that way it did, it did uh, prepare me a lot. But on the other hand, you always know what your goal is, right? At least at the, at the level I was at, Right. There was always a battalion commander or a company commander saying, hey, this is what we're working towards. Go and do it. Um, but for for us, it's we're deciding what our goal is. We're deciding what the end state should look like. Um, and I think that can be difficult for some people. So let's pivot to crypto a little bit. How for the transitioning veterans listening, how should they get up to speed? You know, I, I would say on, on crypto generally, uh, but then on the opportunities in this space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in crypto in generally, I would say there's tons of stuff online. Um, there's even there's a MOOC, a multi massively online open source course from I think a university in Corsica. Um, that's the one I took. It was great for actually learning how it works. Um, and then from there, I would say do find what's interesting to you because you can't learn it all. It's impossible, right? I've gotten to the point where I know I can't learn all parts of crypto. And when people ask me about like NFTs, I'm like I. I don't know. You could be asking. I know the technology, um, but I don't know how to, you know, go and find a cool NFT drop. Um, 
So find what's what's interesting to you, right? For me, it's it's how does it interact with with the real world? There's finance. There's um, like I said, NFTs, whether it's art or music. There's um, just coins. There's protocols. There's the programming side. There's the marketing side. Um, so figure out what you like and what's interesting, and then attack that first, um, and then you can spread out from there. Um, but it, you don't need to know everything in crypto, right? Just do the things that are important that you think are interesting. Yeah, great points. Um, what about programming? Do you think that in order to get into this space, you have to be, you know, technical uh, computer science background, or you know, is that not necessary? No, I don't think that's necessary at all. I don't have that that type of background. Um, you're always going to be if you're building something, you're going to be reliant on people who do have that background, right? But to understand it. Um, and to apply it, I don't think you need it at all. Um, I think it's going to get to a point where a little bit of math is important, uh, whether it's, you know, even accounting, right, which is just like Excel spreadsheets. Um, but if you're doing something in crypto, it's it's very numbers based. So you need to at least have a little bit of uh, a little bit of it, right? Not too much, but a little bit. Um, and then you could just be a marketer for it or, or something like that. Yeah. So you can take out your crayons if you're a Marine and, and, and get to work, right? Yeah, um, if if I can figure it out, anybody can. <laughs> you know, that's that's basically what it comes yeah. down to. If some if some grunt can figure it out, anybody can. Awesome. So uh, you had a you know your your company Science Bike is is working on um, real estate application uh, within Web three. Are there any other verticals that you think across Web three that are exciting? Yes, I do. Um, besides real world assets. So just to give it, it like an example of, of why I chose this and why it's, it's super exciting, right? Um, the most millionaires in the world came, or excuse me, the, the industry that produced the most millionaires is real estate. Globally, real estate is a $360 trillion uh, asset class, right? It's just, it's unbelievable how big real estate is. So I think being in the tokenized real estate space is just, it's just massive. It's very exciting to me. Um, but outside of that, uh, I would also think that the ability for borderless payments, so like the ability to transact day to day is going to become very powerful, right? Whether it's you go to the 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 store and it's already starting to happen, uh, but it's going to become more in, I think, uh, uh, other countries, right? And whether it's it's in USD or whether it's in uh, or USDC or whatever, or it's in some sort of actual crypto. Um, my brother-in-law is actually from Iraq, right? And so like, remittances are like a big part of his life and figuring out how is he going to get money back to his family. Um, and it's, there is no good answer right now. Uh, and I think just solving that one problem is really exciting and it's going to go a long way of uh, helping a lot of people, you know, in, in this world. Awesome. I really appreciate your thoughts. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about this for, for someone trying to break into the space. Um, what would you recommend that they do? I would recommend it's, it's two things, right? It's like two prongs. You have to you have to learn about it. So just go start watching videos, not people shilling you, like telling you what the best coin to buy is, like actually learning about it, and then go and use it, right? Put some hundred bucks in your MetaMask. Download MetaMask first, you know, and then go and, and toy around with the different protocols and and just get a feel for it. Um, I think that's the most important thing, right? It's like in the in the Marines or it's like in the military. You have to do your 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 uh, learning and your your book stuff. And then you got to go out in the field and you have to actually practice. Um, otherwise, you're never going to be, be good at it. So it's both those things. Yeah. And the field in this case is setting up that MetaMask account and then playing around in DeFi, I guess. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you got to touch it. Um, 
Josh, are you, are you doing any hiring right now? Or are you still in, in build phase? Yeah, we're still building. We're still building, um, but we are going to be hiring. So if there are people out there who are programmers, um, whether it's it's full stack or app developers or um, or even a few blockchain developers, uh, you know, we need you. If sales, especially in like the real estate slash blockchain space is exciting, we're going to need salespeople. We're going to need marketers. Um, so if send us, you know, if, if you're interested, you like what we're doing, send us your information. We can't get you a job tomorrow, but we are going to have to raise in the next, or excuse me, we're all going to have to hire in the next four to six months. Um, so I'd love to work with other veterans. It'd be great. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Now, are those jobs located in a particular area or is it, are you, do you operate remotely? Yeah, it's all, it's all remote. So we wouldn't ask them to, to, to move. We would just ask them to, to do the work. There you go. Um, last question. How could people connect with you? Yeah. So, uh, I'd love to hear from people, whether it's their thoughts or, you know, about jobs or, or whatever, um, or just questions on how to get into the space. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Josh Emerson. It's just my name, uh, LinkedIn, same thing, Josh Emerson, or you can email me Josh at sonsbank.io. Awesome. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for today's discussion. Incredibly informative stuff. Uh, when we're really lucky to have a prominent veteran like you operating uh, in the space. And again, I also wanted to thank our sponsor, Luca, uh, for doing what you do, and, and we're deeply appreciative of your support. For those interested in learning more about Vita, please connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Please pick me on Twitter at PerkinsCR97. Thank you so much, everyone. See you next time.